cheers to another episode of the Wine Notes Podcast. I'm your guide, AJ Weinzettel, on this journey of stories showcasing the people behind the wonderful world of wine, where we dive into conversations ranging from terroir, viticulture, to favorite music, superpowers, and more. Please enjoy this episode of the Wine Notes Podcast. Brian, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you for having me. We still have a bit of time before harvest so yeah a, a little bit it's not it's not too much and uh you know i see that you brought a little helper with you today yeah yeah i did um this is this is nev uh nev is her middle name her first name is penelope okay. and she is yeah she's our i would say future vineyard worker slash seller hand <laughs> but at the moment she's <laughs> um inspiration yeah so, so, I, so to speak i can only imagine um a few weeks ago, you know, you and I met at the Nescawin uh, Farm and Feast Festival, uh, and I enjoyed, you know, getting to know you there and tasting your wines while I was there. And all I can say is thank you for for reaching out afterwards and, you know, just saying hi. Well, happy to. I mean, said so we we were just talking before this, but yeah, I, I follow your on Instagram and follow your your notes and them. And right. I saw you at the table. I was like, oh yeah, and you have a uh, quite an unusual. But good name for this, you know, vine settle. <laughs> um, which yeah, you said it literally translates into like wine notes, right? Like right. You, it, in Germany, when you leave, you're like, oh, it's Schloss one settle here. Yeah, like I'll leave you a note, you know, like <laughs> right. It, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, it. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody in my family has anything to do with wine. Uh, and I m- talked with a PR person, and he's like, "Do you know what wine settle translates into?" I mean, I, I should have known the answer to that, but I didn't. And then when I saw it translated into wine note, I'm like, oh, my goodness, how can I pass that up? So, yeah, that was good. So, uh, Nescoin, how did you enjoy it? Did you, how was how was the festival for you? Yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, it was nice to be at the beach. It was nice to be amongst a lot of other, say, s- small. Well, some of them are not so small. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, producers that I actually haven't met right. before um, in person, and some who I do, and it's nice to go around and. Uh, and talk to, talk to them, and try each other's wines, and, and discuss. Yeah, I, I had a, a lot of fun. Also meeting the people, you know, of course, who come up to the to the booth. But right, um, seem to be running into the same people um, over and over again at these little events like Alt Wine Fest or the Indie Wine Mixer, which was in Minville this year, um, or that. And it's just nice to kind of build up this little community of smaller, <laughs> smaller producers. Right, I I totally agree. It is, and I I. I have a soft place in my heart for the smaller producers anyway. So that was the perfect place for me. Yeah. yeah and you're at the beach and you got to. Yeah. I know. That was yeah. perfect. Uh, can I pour us a little bit of wine? Yeah. Yeah, please. Okay. You know, so as I tell everybody, you know, um, feel free to comment on this if you want. If you don't want to, there is zero pressure. You can just say it's yummy or ooh or just whatever you want. And then at the end, um, I'll reveal what it is. And, you know, just have a, a teeny bit of fun with it. Cool. You know, and normally I, I do try to find a wine that has some sort of correlation with your journey or story. I will say I completely failed on this. Um, I didn't get up to the wine shop to get the wine that I wanted to get for you. Oh, no worries. This is nice. This is a hard call. I think it's definitely a, a gamay, but I'm not quite sure what. <laughs> That's fair. From, yeah. From, from where? 
Um, I guess you have to re reveal it later, right? Yeah, I'm going to reveal it later. You know, so if you, you know, whatever you want to say, it's totally up to you. See that nice brambly, brambly notes a little bit kind of, I don't want to say bloody, but there's a little bit some, something like, like right. that in there. Um, okay. Which is, but yeah, it's it's good. It's just that kind of more nice, darker, more like a Morgone or style of Gamay. But that's what I'm guessing. I, I, okay. Well, that's that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. You know, and you know, you can think about it during the interview. And if you want to change your mind, you're more than welcome to, or you can easily stick with it. That's not a problem. Uh, earlier, you talked about the indie winemaker event. Uh, I assume that you know Eric Berg, or like, how how did you become a part of the indie winemaker? Well, actually, I, I became a part just because I saw someone posted on Instagram, and then right. I reached out to to Eric. Oh, okay. Who I honestly I didn't really know that well, um, and just said, "Hey, I'm interested if you have any spots left." And he he said, "Yeah, I do." That's awesome. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, I ended up, but um, I ended up helping out as much as I could with that. Eric did the vast majority of the work, but. But right. where I where I could, um, I did in terms of advertising or whatever I could, I could do to, to help out and met with Eric a few times and just right. hung out and kind of hopefully made a friend. <laughs> hopefully yeah. you feel it that way. But you know, I see him quite a lot now. Um, meet up here and there for a beer. We crossed paths at the gorge <laughs> um, right. yesterday just out oh. of at Loop to Loop Wines, which is right well, <clears throat> just on the the Washington side. So yeah, so it's. Yeah, I feel like I see him everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I uh, interviewed him uh, a few weeks ago for you know for the podcast and to hear his story and background. It was it was fascinating and wonderful. You know, uh, I don't know if you know, but you know, his past life was a, a teacher. Yeah, yeah, he's I think a teacher for high school, but also for delinquent. Like not delinquents, but but well, for a correctional facility. Yeah, a yeah. correctional facility. Yeah, he yeah. did that as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it, just fascinating story and a background. And are you going to do the Indie Wine Maker Festival ne again next year? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I will definitely. And um, I think a nice thing with that is that we now end up with everyone's emails, each other's emails or phones. Right. And we do have a kind of a text chat of, hey, there's some fruit available, or hey, I'm looking for this tank, or oh, that's great, or things like that. We kind of, you know, very let's say Oregon style <laughs> of uh, helping each other, right? Helping each other out. That's that's great. That's great. Um, when I talked to him a few weeks ago, I was telling him, "So, are you going to put a clause in the contract for next year that nobody can bring any balloons?" And he kind of looked at me, kind of weird, and he's like, "Well, I, I I don't know." And then he got to thinking, and he's like, "Well, I am afraid of balloons." <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, you know, just putting it out there, you know, you, you might want to bring some balloons next yeah, year. Yeah, I should. Just... I should actually just go, like, go over to Harper Boyd and fill his truck with balloons. There you go. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, you So you grew up in the South, and from what I can detect, it was North Carolina? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, right very close to Virginia, actually. Okay. So, like, right that northern North Carolina okay. part. That's, that's cool. I... Uh, let me see. I spent some time in North Carolina when I was a, a kid. I was there for, in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Okay. And I remember you, you know, you were talking about, you know, North Carolina being tobacco country. And just to see fields and fields of tobacco plants, that was, that will always resonate in my head. I'm like, holy cow, that was crazy. Yeah, tobacco and peanuts, that's pretty much what's, what's there. And a lot of, um, I see a pretty big pork industry 
as well. We always have problems with, uh, this sounds disgusting, when hurricanes would come, um, which happens often, right. and would always break the, um, basically the lake of, of pig manure that had <laughs> built up, and it would always end up in a river, and like, in the river, and, and right. come down. Yeah, not oh. a very nice picture. <laughs> no, that's not but, a nice picture at all, no. How long were you in, in North Carolina? Oh, well, basically all of, you know, my elementary and high school life. I went to college there in a small school called Davidson College, just outside of Charlotte. Um, and then I came back again a few years later and did a master's at North Carolina State. Okay. I'm in, in agriculture. Nice, nice. So actually quite a bit of time. That is quite a bit of time. Um, and what I found fascinating about, you know, your journey, you went into the Peace Corps and, you know, you spent a lot of time overseas and then, you know, just your, your time overseas kind of got you a little bit more into wine and more and more. And what was, what I found interesting, I, I always love trying to find somewhat of a correlation. So earlier this year, I interviewed Chris Fladwood, the winemaker at Soder. Mm -hmm. And in 2004, he was in Iraq, and one of the um, um, care packages that he's got was a book called From Vines to Wines. Uh, you know, that, and that ended up starting his journey into wine and just kind of going down that rabbit hole. And he ended up um, being in Iraq. You know, he had some PTSD. You've gone through quite a bit of PTSD yourself. And one of the things that he mentioned was making wine kind of helped him get the, get his demons out. Mm -hmm. Do you find that, not necessarily, maybe, maybe it doesn't get your demons out, but is it methodical to like, just to be able to have a process and work through and, you know, it helps in, internally with, with, with your with you, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think any time that you have something that is <clears throat> combination of manual labor and also, you know, a bit of of thinking <laughs> or contemplation right. in, involved, it can take take your mind away away from from those things. Uh, and I end up being very very busy sometimes. I think <laughs> to <laughs> it was almost too to, busy to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. As as well, but yeah, it's um. Keeping, as say, keeping your your hands, your mind free, and your hands busy is a way to uh, to kind of cope with with a lot of things as right. as well. Be it be it out, I mean, for me, out in the vineyard or or in the cellar or or, or doing whatever that that kind of thing is. It's somehow um, it's freeing. It's freeing from from the demons, <laughs> as, right. as you might you might say. Because um, I yeah, I, I'd be interested to hear what, what what he would say about PTSD. But I think at the end, I found that. These kind of things, you you basically have to learn how to live with them. You know, they never really go away. Right. Um, um, you can you can heal as much as 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 you can, but you you'll never really heal like it hadn't been there before. Right? There's there's always a scar, so 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 to speak. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, I think that that helps to to deal with with it. Uh, on the other side, I think as well something with with nice with wines that you have something, you have a creation. You know, at the end, that, that you can, you know, be be proud of, versus like maybe um, an office job where you're constantly getting forums, or it's never never really it's ending. A, right? Yeah, it's yeah. never ending. It's yeah. just a constant, it's just a constant cycle. Yeah. Um, 
and and yeah, so that at the end, it's kind of that that gratification, you know, of of, of hard work. Um, that something that, that you've you've created some somehow. Right, right. Um, so being out in the vineyard, right? I I know very much your you know, wine to you is you know being out in the vineyard and bringing it in, and that's this just kind of your philosophy and uh, well-being. It's just. And, and so I guess what I'm trying to get at is, again, being out in the vineyard is also a way to just connecting with nature and. Yeah, exactly. Connect with nature, um, and it's it's complicated. You know, you you have to deal with biology, you have to deal with ecology, you have to deal with the climate, which is super un <laughs> unpredictable. Right. Right. Um, and you're not really in control of much. Uh, so. No. So yeah, it's, it's it's I think it's it's that challenge um, as as well. I mean, being out in nature, then that that challenge of trying to work with with nature to make a to make a great product and to and it's a, and take a long term approach. You know, you're looking at at a vin, making at a vintage, but in the in the vineyard or any kind of farm, you're looking at seven you know seven eight nine ten ten years, uh, right? Like to do or you want to do restore the soil or you know or shape right. the vine or or any any of these things i mean we say like not really until like year 10 do we start to, you start to get the, the terroir out of the out of the vine right since right. it's old enough then um so yeah it's a long-term long-term perspective and um I, I had the idea a long time ago um to do actually i think what something like dauntless is is doing where it was just to open up a little kind of a place for people who had PTSD who could come um, and, you know, stay for a few months and just kind of keep their hands busy and mind free and right. kind of recover that way and talk to somebody who maybe had, had been through it. I mean, more, I was thinking more, I'm not so sure that like military <laughs> <laughs> um, would be good because I, I was never in the military, but people have been through other, you know, traumatic incidents. Right. That. Oh. Yeah, most most definitely. See if that ever materializes. If I ever have the money for that, but we'll yeah, see. no, it, it it all takes time. Um, you know, and I love kind of your your ethos. You know, Human Sellers has dedicated those little humans, little known humans, who have changed the world for the better, and is an attempt to reflect their extraordinary personality and achievements. Mm. Um. And I think that's another thing that kind of stood out to me uh, at the Nescoin. One of the reasons I do this, you know, in bringing out stories of winemakers and, you know, particularly the, the smaller ones, you know, is I've, I've worked for corporate. I'm still, I still work for corporate. Mm -hmm. And they always forget about the human, right? So that's kind of what stood out to me about your brand and what you stand for. And I just... I guess just kudos. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who have changed the world or their corner of the world for yeah, for a better a better place and right. you know, I feel like we often end up especially these days focusing on the the negatives that people are doing rather than than the little positives that yeah. that, that people are doing and I think it's um at the same time it's something that we can all that we can all all do. And that's when Actually, one of the reasons why I came at the end to Oregon, you know, about three years ago, three and a half years ago now, and that was because what I came here originally is for a visit, um, for a job interview, um, 
people were just really nice, <laughs> were nice right. and helpful. And I feel like just like the Indy wine mixer or things, or even bigger wineries helping out smaller wineries, right. or the whole custom crush AP space, you know, bigger wineries renting out their space to small guys. Um, it's they're kind of helping each other. Everyone rises, everyone kind of benefits. I feel like it's fairly unique here. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like it is. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, when you first got up here, it sounded like that you were, um, you know, before COVID, that you uh, were driving around with Alan Holstein a, a little bit and getting to, to know him. How, how did you make, ended up making that connection? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, being a small producer, winemaking doesn't, doesn't pay me enough to live. <laughs> um, so my, my actual, let's say my day job, as you would, would say, is um, faculty at, at Chemeketa Community College. So I am right. the vineyard management instructor, or the only faculty <laughs> for vineyard management in right. the college. Um, and they have been looking for somebody for, I think, a year and a half. And in that time, Alan had had uh, taken over. Oh, okay. Um, it okay. come to fill in to teach some of the classes. Um, and when I did come for the interview, the first visit I made to, to Oregon, I, I told them, I said, you know, one of my weaknesses is that I'm not from here. I don't know this, the wine industry here very well. Right. I've been in Europe. <laughs> um, I'm more, no, more the European perspective. Um, so it's going to take me some time to, to um, yeah, to get to know the area and, and, what's going on here, right. the farming and the, um, and in, so yeah, so they paired me up with Alan and Alan um, took me around and explained everything to me, the history and why they, they did certain things back then in the eighties right. and why they're doing them now right. different way. And, and that really, really helped me a lot. And he's, he's quite a character. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, he did a little book not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. Have you read that? I did. And it's very Alan because you can, if you talk to him, he, right. like the, the syntax is written in, is just like how he talks. Oh, okay. Um, so it's, it's definitely from him. And it's a really interesting, interesting book from a uh, perspective of somebody who's been in it, you know, and, and been, and been through it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thoroughly loved it. I loved that, you know, him and Ken writes, uh, you know, they're, they started in Kentucky and came this way and. Yeah. I didn't uh, even know that, that they were. Yeah, I had no idea when they were young. Yeah, I had no idea either. And, you know, how, uh, you know, today, uh, Alan's son, Jackson, you know, gets grapes from uh, Cody Wright. And, you know, it's just like, it's just a continual circle. And I just, I just adore it. Oh, yeah. And we, we, I still have Alan come in and do some talks as, as well. He's got a lot of information up there yeah yeah no he definitely does and uh i gotta reach out and see if i can get him on the podcast at some point oh yeah i'm sure he'd be happy to yeah that would be fun so you mentioned you know that you have more of um that you that you worked with a bunch of wineries you know over in in europe and you have uh, that type of experience you know you so you worked in you know southern france and in germany uh, if you could pick any grape in any region of the world, and don't have to worry about money, operational stuff, finances, anything. What would you do, and where? Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. Um, you know, I really, really like the wines coming out of um, 
Sutarul or Alto Adige or however okay. <laughs> you want to say it, that that northern um, Italian, the German-speaking northern Italian okay. Um, okay. Part, of, part of Italy. And, and there they have um, Lagrine um, and actually Pinot Gris. But Lagrine, I feel like, is a really interesting variety. And I'd love to, to work with that one more. Um, and it's hard to, to pick one. You know? Well, I, yeah, I, I yeah. know, I know. Yeah. It's... Um, Syrah, Syrah is also something that I would I would love to, to to work with again. Right. Um, but at the same time, I I don't I try not to drive too far like away to right. get the grapes. I feel like it kind of takes away from from the whole community <laughs> that we're that, that we want to do is to drive all the way out to Yakima or or, or somewhere. Um, right. Right. Um, but yeah, that that in in the the Chateau of the Pop area, uh, I really like that that area. But I think at the end, you know, you talk about, about money and grapes um, and style, wine style, but the people are important. And um, it's very hard to break into those places being a, a foreigner. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, um, you, you, can be, you can be accepted, but you'll never really be part of it. Um, right. And that's, that's one thing that brings me back here, just the, the nature here and, and being a, back a part of the community in the community as not as a foreigner um, right yeah it, so so i think that the, the grape and the terroir question is hard because you have to take into account the community as well and i think right now the perfect place for me is, is here um with with these people i i am always fascinated by the gorge every time i go out there oh it's it's, it's just gorgeous beautiful area yeah yeah um and i really enjoy making gamay i'd like to make more gamay i feel like it's finding its, its place here as as well um and yeah, it's just focusing on that. So in a way, I guess I'm of those okay. of, your, of your question. I guess yeah, no, it's even that here is yeah. what it's what um at the end what I would, would like to do. Yeah, yeah. So I I was I did a little bit of research on the Le Grand grape variety, and I was going to go see if I could find you know a bottle somewhere. I just didn't get out to do it. Um, but it almost sounds like it's like a variant of Pinot Noir. Is that it is a um yeah it's basically i think was it if i'm not wrong pinot noir it's it's a no apparent it's syrah it's apparent it's syrah the little okay. brine um i can't remember what it was mixed with um it is quite peppery okay as, okay. as well um and we we do have some planted we have about half an acre uh as a test okay here. but I, I know that remy has some i know chris james sellers has has some okay but it's always good to test it out for yourself before you. Of course, spend all your money planting planting a lot a lot more of it. Right. But yeah, it's it would be like more like a peppery Pinot Noir. It's definitely more tannic. Um, and having I guess first learned in southern France, I really enjoy blending. Um, and I think it's a, the reason why I planted it is not necessarily for a standalone grape, but I think it would blend really well with with Gamay or, or with with Pinot Noir. And so that's, I planted it more as a blending component rather than a standalone okay a standalone variety maybe it makes great wine stand we'll have to see but yeah the idea was more blending i mean even this gamay here has i think this year like four or five percent of viognier in it you know we just try to feel like there's grapes that can complement each other and you right that's that's part of the part of the art of course right so to speak yeah yeah no that that that's fun um and i'll have to check out chris james and, and remy to check out the, that that grape just to 
get my head around it more because I, I don't know much about it at all. I, I, I bought a bottle from Chris James Heller the other day. I was, was in downtown McMinnville and I just saw his. Right. Uh, one of the times I was open, I was winning, bought a bottle. I haven't tried it yet. Um, there's a great um, producer, hope I'm not forgetting the name. It's um, Nusshof out of, out of northern Italy. Okay. It's a Tyrol that um, has a, does a really good version of Le Grand. You can find it at Division Wines or a few other places. Um, okay. I, well, I will have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I, I really like that variety. It's not super well-known. Hopefully people will accept it having a weird name. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that uh, yeah. they will. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned about being a teacher at Chemeketa, and I know you're big into biodynamics. Um, I am a fan of biodynamics. I love what it does in the vineyard. You see all sorts of just life just happen, you know, in the vineyard. And then, uh, you just, it, it, it's been amazing, amazing to see, you know, but you know, some people are like, Ooh, biodynamics. That's, you know, I, I think, uh, Catherine Cole has a, a book called, uh, voodoo vintners or yeah, something of that yeah. nature. Uh, being a teacher and, you know, teaching viticulture and being a, a backer of biodynamics, do you ever run into any non-believers as for, for students? For students? Not, not really. I mean, okay. Um, students are mostly there to, I mean, to, to learn, to learn. So they'll, they'll take, um, take what they want out of it. Right. Right. I'll put it that way. Um, we, we do have one of the first, I know it's the only class in biodynamic viticulture on the West coast. I think mm. it might be, um, where they have to, they have, part of that class is they have to read the Steiner Agriculture Lectures, which is, pr is pretty deep. It's, some of the stuff's pretty wild. I can imagine. Um, um, although if you look back at some of the stuff that he did postulate, it's, we find our, our more and more, they, they have a basis in something. Right. Um, we're finding scientifically. Um, where I did have a, a problem was when I proposed this class to our advisory board at Chemeketa. So all of our classes... Well, basically everything under a vocational um, education, like wine studies, um, has an industry advisory board made up of varying people of the, of the industry. And I'm, I'm not going to say who's in that. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> who's no, in, no, in no, that, no. But they're very um, well-established people. I'm sure. Um, even those who started the program 25 years ago. Right. And usually they're very, very, very open. And when we propose something, say, yeah, let's do it. And when I proposed this, it was like, bomb. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. You know, like people were saying, no, you can't teach something. And in a college, it's not rooted in science and all these things. But I passed it through. I mean, my rationale to, to that is to say, look, we teach people to, to work in vineyards or for a vineyard management company. And if you have are working for a vineyard management company, you may have clients who are conventional. You might have some that are organic. You might have some that are biodynamic. And hence, you got to know all those, right? You know? And so that way, we, we pushed it, <laughs> good, good, pushed, good, good. pushed it through. Um, but but yeah, I, I think the most important thing about biodynamics is just not to be too dogmatic and be flexible. You know, as, as nature is, is flexible, right? And I think people get get stuck in the whole astrology um, moon side of it, which you know does it has a, it plays a part. But you have everyday logistics. And at the end, you have real, you know, the human life <laughs> versus versus nature. And if you need 
you want to harvest on a full moon flower day, but you don't have people, then you got to harvest on a different day. Right. Right. right so right. that's that's just how just just how it is, and that's something that, that that we teach. You know, is you know these are the the theories behind it, um, but they're not first and foremost the most important thing you you, you have to to be in tune with with society as well as. As, as nature, right? So, right yeah. yeah. No, you got you got the reality of life that you got to factor in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's when people always get hung up on the calendar, and the calendar is really a small, small part of it. You know, the, your whole biodiversity, um, and it's a lot of observation and um, and reaction according to the observation, and treating yourself like you're part of the system and not like a puppet master <laughs> controlling everything. Right, right. Because if you do that, you'll go crazy. Um, and not not necessarily following a schedule, you know. Not saying all right. I not saying in March here's my spray program, and then sticking to it, to right. it no matter what, right? Or this is what I'm going to do. As being and most people are 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 flexible, being conventional or 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 not. We have to be right. But I think biodynamics just puts more emphasis on on it. And I think at the end, you know, it just this constant observation, trying to focus on things that are not only inside the vineyard, but outside the vineyard, you know, um, really just makes you know, a, a good farmer. I think that's, that's what it, what it comes down to. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I can tell you something I haven't said, I don't say this often, but, um, even at, at our place, you know, our, our place is small and, um, we, we have eight acres uh, over in, in Dundee. We've planted two and a half cause that's, what our budget <laughs> is at the moment, but right. um, but we tried to to stay. Um, you know, we, we have a small fruit orchard in there. We we have some say a little spot full of, of forest that we hope connects animals from the forest on the north side of the hill to the bottom of the hill, um, and all the things. And then we try to include other things like um, like little Nev here, who's placenta is buried <laughs> right in the in the middle of the gamay block. You know, I'm kind of put put our roots um, or her roots <laughs> in right. in there that's as well so that's that's pretty pretty awesome thank you i'm glad you think so some people look at me like <laughs> you know <laughs> it, it it's uh, everything comes back to nature yeah yeah exactly right I'd rather go there than the trash can right so um exactly i i completely agree um your wife emily um sounds like I, I couldn't even get down her story, but it sounds like that she has also an amazing story. Uh, she's traveled the world, translated a book on the history of por Portuguese wine and doing her and did her first crush in Portugal. Um, I, I know next to nothing about you next, know nothing about Emily, but like both of you traveled the world and it seems like the two of you are almost like, like soulmates and you just happen to be in Oregon and meet. How, yeah. did, how did that happen? We, we met randomly at a, at a concert, um, basically on New Year's Eve. I just arrived and I was just right. bummed around by myself. <laughs> um, yeah, and we, we, we met there and we started talking and we've been together every day since that. <laughs> so that's so it just was the right place at the, at the right, time. right time. And I don't think that we would have been ready for that earlier in our in, in, our in your lives, lives. Yeah. yeah no it's 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 pretty spectacular when two people come together randomly like that and 
just like it was it was meant to be is what it sounds like yeah i i, I wouldn't say that i would believe in um in karma or anything like that i think you know things are moving around in space and time and happen to bump into each other at exactly the right moment at the right time and right um <laughs> she she agrees in her sleep um yeah and and it just i don't want to use the word fate but yeah i mean things things always fall into place to the way that they should be right yeah. yeah i completely agree um so you know before we were recording i was telling you a little bit about my daughter and you know started high school this week um and you know you have your your daughter there and i know it's early early on but what what kind of legacy are you wanting to to leave behind well that's a tough question i would just like i mean like for her to grow up in in wine you know so right she she really knows how to smell out of the wine glass <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah just to and 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 to see it enjoy it not like like a task and then maybe one day take it or if she want if she wants right right and if she ever does then i will leave it immediately <laughs> um unless she wants me to stay because uh, I, I saw that quite a lot in germany of people who took over the, the family's winery you know maybe they're like third fourth generation and it's handed over to them right. and they have new things they want to do but the parents are still kind of you will do this looking down like we don't we don't do that like that here you know right. so um and i feel like germany is kind of on a on the cusp of just a bunch of new wine styles or wine like let's say non-traditional wine styles coming coming out um once the let's say the older generation kind of becomes too old to keep their thumbs on, on things <laughs> right and that's not what i want um for for nev as as well so i would Hope that she would find the passion if she wants to, and and, right. and continue it. Yeah, that that would be great. Um, so you you talked about your uh, coming up here to Oregon and how friendly everybody was. Is there an Oregon wine community story that kind of sticks out to you the most? Um, I think any wine mixture is a good a good story because it. I'm not quite sure how it started, but. It, it got quite big, and uh, right. and it was really a lot of fun. And one of the nice things, and that was done, that was proposed by Eric, which is pretty unusual, I think, was that a few weeks before we all met up, everyone brought two bottles of wine, right? And we just hung out and drank each other's wine and, and talked, you know, and and that I really, really liked. I thought that was a cool, yeah, a cool thing, part of the community. Um, otherwise, you know. Um, when I I left development work, you know, working over in say poorer countries um, with underprivileged farmers, I um I, I I left that and I, I really missed that kind of community and and helping helping people so so to speak. Right. Um, and so here I'm I'm pretty involved in Ivoy, which is a mm -hmm. right a, a vineyard steward non nonprofit. Right. Um, and it feels good to to be here in my own country, um, helping to contribute to people who don't have an opportunity or who didn't have an opportunity right, right. That, that we do, um, and help see them move move forward and up. And they're they're very driven and very curious. I started to organize through Chemeketa. Um, I started to do a lot of Spanish um, kind of short courses, like half a day, 
um, throughout the season, depending on what's going on in the season. And I would re reserve half the seats for, for Ivoy. Um, actually, they were kind of kind of designed for Ivoy <laughs> because they opened up to the public. But they always sell out. Um, we, we, we have wait lists on those oh, all I'm the sure. time. I'm sure. Um, it being in Spanish. Uh, and that's... Sorry. And that's... Um, and that's what I really, really enjoy to, to continue. Just have some rapid fire questions and I'll get you out of here. Oh yeah, sorry. Again, sorry to keep it short. It's okay. Favorite artist to listen to during harvest? Oh, um, actually the national. Oh <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No, he, that's, yeah, I love them. Um, your favorite indulgent food? Oh man. Uh, cheese. Cheese, <laughs> <laughs> basically any kind of cheese. I, I, I teach winter to wine tasting classes and Chemekadon. Um, and I put, you know, multiple bottles of wine and, and cheese. And then I go buy cheese. <laughs> exactly. I <laughs> yeah. don't blame you. Exactly. If you could choose a superpower, what would it be? Oh man. Probably to be in more than one place at one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel these days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, harvest notes, are they written or digital? Uh, they're written. Okay. They're, they're written. Um, vineyard stuff is digital. <laughs> harvest notes are, are written. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the last book you read, it could be a podcast or it could be audible or physical book, whatever. The last book I read was, um, God, what was it? The Glass Palace. Okay. Um, which is one of these, um, multi, multi-generational, um, stories going back, starting in, let's say pre-British colonial time India. And ending in the Second World War, um, written yeah by Amitav Ghosh, I think was the name. Okay. Of that, and bef I, th I think, uh, I think recently I, I reread um, Midnight's Children by Simon Rushdie. Okay. That's well, which is a good, good book. I'll have to check those out. Yeah, he's a crazy. He's a good writer. He got stabbed recently. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Again, he was attacked like a while ago. Right. Um, in, in India. Ouch! But, that's that's no fun. No, well, I mean, he, he, he writes things that, um, what was it, um, Satanic Verses, which is a book he wrote, which is basically, um, he depicts the Prophet Muhammad, and so a lot of people didn't like that. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's when he got his dad <laughs> first time. Um, but, yeah. 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 Uh, shall I re reveal what the blind wine was? Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to, to yeah. know. Do you want to take a, another stab, or are you still... I'll, I'll go with it. I'll, I'll go with, with what I... That I had. Okay. Let's see if I'm. I'm. Oh, it was a. It's a ricochet. I should have seen the bottle. No. Oh no. Um. So. Uh, well, Aud okay. Yeah, Audient. What they were at the um, Nesquin, yeah. and you know they. It was a Pinot Noir. Yeah. It was way off. <laughs> I. You know yeah. that's that's what I love about blind yeah. wines. It's uh, it's it's always humbling, because you just yeah. never know. And it's a nice earthy. Yeah. Earthy wine. Yeah, and I, I opened this wine um, a year ago, and I was like, oof, okay. And to open it today, I was like, oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just been fun to watch this one evolve over time. Yeah, it's got that really earthy dark fruit. Yeah. Notes. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that's all that I have. Do you have any questions or anything for me? No, I enjoy it. Uh, thanks for being patient with the, the little one. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. Well, thank you so much for your time. And, you know, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, oh, it definitely has. All right, all right, cool. Thank you.
Thank you for joining me on this flavorful voyage through the world of wine on the Wine Notes Podcast. I've been your host and guide, AJ Weinzel, and it's been an absolute pleasure sharing these captivating stories with you. But alas, like the last sip of a fine vintage, our time together must end. But don't fret, my wine-loving friend. The cellar doors of the Wine Notes Podcast will always remain open, waiting for you to return and explore new conversations, stories, and musings from the captivating people behind the magical world of wine. Before you go, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and don't forget to leave a sparkling five-star review to help spread the word. Until our glasses clink again, remember to savor life's moments and let the spirit of wine and camaraderie linger on your palate. Cheers, and as always, may your wine glass be full, your heart be light, and your journey be delightful.